Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. Down in the corner, we have the one, only, South Jersey Jason. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm ready for the week to end already. Yeah, we got one more day. One, one more, more day. day. I'm home tomorrow, so I can't bitch that much. Ah, very nice. So, have you watched anything? Before we get into today's episode, which will well, be interesting. I'm in the middle of watching Piranha, because <laughs> Dave and I are reviewing that for our podcast, and it's actually not as bad as I, because I've never seen it all the way through, and granted, it's like, I think 1980, yeah. so um, I haven't really seen the Piranha yet so far um yeah it's not really that not really that bad i'm trying to think if i've watched anything else horror related and i just you know i can't think off the top of my head but i was perusing bloody disgusting and uh man they're taking these um this cocaine animals to the next level because um like i can imagine if the movie was fucking good but it really well, wasn't. People, so we need to comment. Uh, it was a fun popcorn film. Mm. Yeah, I'll give it that. But it is called, if I can find it real quick, uh, Cocaine Crabs from Outer Space. <laughs> and I'm lagging over here, I just noticed. So, You and that Pennsylvania fucking internet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they announced uh, Terrifier 3 is in the works. We all knew that. Yeah, why wouldn't you cash in? Be a hell of a yeah. cash, and I'd do that. Well, in they a left. They left it open for yeah. a sequel anyway. So hopefully, they go to you? a better haunt. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that was cold. Now, I like I like Fright Factory, but it's just there's betters. There's betters. Right. So I've been tagged like four thousand times in this uh, Freddy Krueger, Robert England not returning as Freddy Krueger article. Oh yeah, I read that yesterday, and come on, we all know that. I know, and. Everyone knows my pick is Evan Peters because I think he could do it. But I was yeah. thinking while sitting in the car for hours this week, I think Taisa Formiga would be a great Nancy. Okay. Because you yeah. already have the chemistry with Evan Peters from Horror Story. Yeah, but she's a little too old to play. I mean, does she still look she like looks a teenager, t- She looks fucking 12. Uh, okay. She's always looked young. I, I have a thing for her sister, her older sister. Everybody does. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, someone also put on William Defoe, and I was like, "Well, that's a good pick if it was William Defoe like twenty to thirty years ago." Yeah, he's you know he's older, and you couldn't get a franchise out of him. Exactly. Um, yeah, I didn't hate the pick that surfaced. Uh, the guy from Chucky and Final Destination. Oh, Devin Sawa. Yeah. Yeah, the more, like, when we talked about it, it's not a bad pick. No, I got the perfect lead, though. Who's that? Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Yeah, if he can get a, a work visa because he's supposed to be at a convention this No, that's weekend. a different dude. That's uh, that's the hard rocker oh, guy. That's oh, Eddie. You're, oh, you're oh you're thinking, oh, the, uh, the babysitter. The man guy. The, yeah. the man babysitter. The babysitter, yeah. Okay, I, okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Guess you know he's he can do the hair. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks it would have to be a total remake and that they killed Nancy because I think if Nancy came back older and like her daughters Formiga, I think that think, would be cool. Do you think 
if they say they were to do a new Friday film, do you think they would go the Halloween route and kind of kind of say, oh, part one, actor part one never happened. Let's do this. I, I think you can't do that because you'll piss off all the three fans. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like there, when Halloween came out, not a lot of people liked the sequels, but three gets more love than one <laughs> in yeah, Nightmare. Yeah. So I think you would just piss off and a plus lot of people. you also wouldn't have the robert connection either correct so yeah. i mean if you can do it with michael because he don't talk so yeah you can throw a mask on anyone yeah yeah but i did hear something pretty interesting about halloween 4 i was i found a new youtube channel his name's cz he's got like a million subscribers and he does like these horror history things okay okay he goes fucking deep and uh, he, like he goes into back lore of books and comics and all that shit. Like he oh, goes nice. deep, but he said it made sense to him that the Halloween Four mask was so bad because he picked it out of the store. Well, that's how I got it in the first one too. Yeah, but the first one didn't look. But they're not going to have the same mask because it's right. later. So the mask is more popular. It's mass produced, so it's going to get shittier. So it kind of yeah. made sense to me. I was like. The director could get away with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if obviously we know they're going to do another Halloween film, and people want Danielle Harris to come back, and it very well could if they started it from part at the end of part five and said anything after never happened, create another timeline. Well, they can because they could just discount the Rob Zombie. That's the only time she came back. And she yeah, came back true. as a different character then, yeah, so it doesn't they, even matter. They, they killed her, and they killed her character off in part six, which pissed off a lot of people because one, she wasn't. I think it was like pricing negotiations. It which, was pricing, uh, and she wasn't old enough where they wanted her. I think because right, she was yeah. pregnant and she'd been in the convent for a while from the cult. Well, ten years, she'd be like uh, twenty. Yeah, I think she's, yeah. she celebrated like her eighth and ninth birthday. And the lore the is movies. is that the cult of Thorn impregnated her. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean twenties would work. Incestuous impregnation. Oh god, we need all these. <laughs> so now, if Robert England was to come back as a cameo, if they did like a remake of Freddy, what kind of role would you see him? Like, I would see him as like a judge. <laughs> I think we need to do the principal. Principal, okay. Kind of like how the West Craven brought back. Uh, Henry Winkler as the principal, and the janitor was Fred. And Scream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I think yeah, I think you yeah. nod the West to give him the principal spot. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I would do. Or have and have Lynn Shay as <laughs> have Lynn Shay as the janitor again. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm telling you, it's coming up on 40 years, and I'm surprised we haven't. Like, I am. I am hoping. Like, I keep saying this. I hope they put out, like, a definitive box set like they did with, like, the most recent Friday 13th one. Something cool like that. Yeah. You know, Halloween had a really nice box set. Uh, It seems like Freddy gets the shaft in this department. Always gets the shaft. Whether you're shopping at Spirit, it's just like, Freddy was too 80s, I think, so it didn't hold hold the tone. Right, right, right. Um, it was funny. I was on, there was a speaking of Freddie. I don't know if I sent the post, I didn't send the post to you, but someone ordered like a Freddie 
statue off like one of those Amazon ads, mm-hmm. and obviously it wasn't what the <laughs> picture was, and he came without a glove. Oh my god! So she contacted this company, and they gave her like almost like a life size glove, but it was looked like it was made out of like duct tape, and they put razors on it. <laughs> oh my god! So don't buy off don't of buy Amazon. shit off the Amazon. Yeah, Facebook ads. Yeah, Facebook ads. Every day you just read about the scammers. And man, if we didn't have to have social media, I'd delete that fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Paulton says, What's up, fellas? Made it to God's country. What's God's country? Well, that's a reference from like part two. Two. Yeah. I know he's on his way to Jersey. Well, that's what he's saying. He made it to God. Oh, he's already in Jersey? Yeah. Damn. Because I know he was leaving after work, so he must have got done work like halfway through. That's cool. Yeah, I'll run into him um, Saturday morning. He'll get his handsome diner guy. Uh, oh, photo. boy. Yep. Yeah, I still, I'm like procrastinated on packing, even though I don't have to pack a lot. It's just uh, it's too lazy right now. Our pool came in today. Ah. Yeah, so we're going to start putting that together Sunday. Get ready for that headache. Did you level the mm-hmm. land? Well, it's leveled where I'm putting it, so I don't have to worry about it. It's leveled until you fill that pool up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna. She said the size that I wanted was too big, so it went down like four feet. So it was like fourteen around. So it's just you two. So I mean, as long as you can sit down and your head's covered, who cares? Oh yeah, it's like it's like forty three inches high, you know. So perfect. Yeah, and when and then next weekend she's away again, so I'm going to. Get my beer, my uh, my little float thing, and just sit out under the sun and we'll watch it rain that day. <laughs> uh, sit out there anyway. Yeah, yeah. You may want to yeah, look so- into a solar cover because the nights are still getting cold. That pool's not. That pool's gonna affect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so uh, this weekend is uh, Cam Crystal Lake on Saturday. I'm excited for that. Gonna hand out some business cards, do some networking. Nice. You only have to find us like three hundred subs, so we're good. There you go, Rick. If you're listening, do 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 us a solid. Not only uh, network your uh, podcast, but also our podcast. <laughs> so I have two days of networking. <laughs> Rick, network both podcasts. The other one you're a part of now too. So uh, yeah. start no, start three. digital. That's three podcasts. Holy crap! Yeah, get to you work. Need to, right? You need to make him a shirt. I do need to make podcast. him a shirt. Like all three of them. <laughs> You'd be a walking billboard. <laughs> we'll have all three links. <laughs> this is Rick shirt only. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all all right, right, but so- uh, well, this ain't the pool channel, and this ain't the Friday the Thirteenth channel. Today, we're gonna start something that we've been wanting to start for a while. It will lead to our next filming location. So today, we're gonna dive in briefly to the Warren Files. That's right. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Your favorite demonologist. I and... go up and down with these two. I really do. Like some of the What was she what was she considered just a clairvoyant, right? Oh well, I have a video that will explain that to us. So okay. let's let the Warrens introduce themselves with our main man, Tony Spira. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Seekers of the Supernatural. I'll be your moderator tonight. My name is Tony Spira. We'll be talking to America's top Ghostbusters, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They've been involved in supernatural research, paranormal, 
and supernatural research for over 40 years. We'd like to present tonight's show with an introduction of the Warrens. So we'd like to start first with you, Ed, if we could. I'd like to ask you, especially, how did you get involved in the area of the supernatural and haunted houses? Well, Tony, it came about because of the fact that I lived in a haunted house as a boy from 5 until 12. My father, who was a police officer at that time, was kind of a strict guy, but he was a very fair man. And he'd always say to me, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this house. Mm -hmm. But when I was lying in bed there as a young kid, and that closet door would open up at night, it would wake me up. I'd look in there and see a large globule-like ball, and then a face of an elderly lady in that ball. That's a ghost light. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't looking pleasant, Tony. Next thing, it would come out of that closet toward my bed. I'd hear footsteps. I would feel this icy coldness in the, in the room and heavy breathing. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a logical reason for all of this. <laughs> but somehow, by the time I thought that, I was halfway to my parents' bedroom. Oh, boy. So that's how it all started, all these here experiences that I had as a boy. So you've been doing this for well over 40 years. Yeah, 40 long years uh, throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, into Europe, spent a lot of time in Great Britain and Scotland. Well, as Catholics, Ed, you and your wife both are Catholic. How did this work coincide with your religious beliefs? Well, it goes right along with it because, you know, Catholicism is based on a supernatural world, as every great religion is. Mm -hmm. uh, open up the Bible, and it's full of uh, psychic words such as spirits, ghosts, apparitions, levitations. So, you know, as a boy going to a parochial school, I would ask the nuns and the priests, uh, what is this about ghosts, the supernatural? Is it for real? Are there really devils? And of course, you know, Catholicism teaches us that these things are real. Mm -hmm. So I based all of my beliefs on that, and I still do today. Mm -hmm. When I go into a home, I'm not looking for devils. I'm not looking for ghosts. What I'm looking for is a natural explanation as to what's going on. Something physical in the house. Only when I find that there is something supernatural, something paranormal, do I accept it. And that has to be proven to me 100%. Mm -hmm. I have to see a table moving across the room. I have to hear those spirit voices. I have to see the ghost. Uh, people like Lorraine here who are clairvoyants, they have to tell me what's there because I, am, I do not have the six senses they do. So in other words, Ed, what you're saying is that you act more like an investigator, a skeptic right, investigator? Right. Investigators, we're sort of like the police department of the supernatural world. We find out what's going in there and then we try to rectify it. If it's a human spirit, who's causing the problem, this is easy to take care of. Mm -hmm. If it's something inhuman, something diabolical, then we have to go in for the big guns. We have to go to the religious beliefs of Catholicism, Protestantism, Mohammedism, all of these. And you know, it's not just uh, the Catholic priests that we work with. We work with rabbis, we work with ministers of all faiths. We're very ecumenical in our thinking. Mm -hmm. Now Lorraine, Ed had said, and I know this from personal experience also, that you are a clairvoyant also. Mm -hmm. Can you tell yes. me, Lorraine, the first time that you knew, or was it just from birth? How did you know that you were clairvoyant? No, it started, Tony, when I was probably about nine years old, when I first had experiences where I could see lights around people. But the lights that I could see around people, I thought everybody could see that. I didn't know anything about the human aura. And it started from that point mm -hmm. where I would see that. Now, I had nobody to share that with. I was brought up in a private Catholic school, and you couldn't share things like that with right. the nuns. I wouldn't think you could. No, that was very much frowned upon. 
And if I tried at home, although I was brought up in a very loving Irish Catholic home, it was fine as long as it was like a joke and lighthearted. But if it, it was never anything to be discussed seriously. So it was really as a young adult when I met Ed that I began that was a lucky to do day. <laughs> that was her lucky day. I That's when her ghostly life started. <laughs> In my ghostly life. Be, um, see, most of our courtship, Tony, we were, we were kids, and it was through mail because Ed entered the service mm -hmm. soon after we met, and we were married while he was still in service, and our daughter was born while he was still in active duty. So it was when he came home from the service, really, and one of the first homes that I ever went in, and that was not easy for me because my Catholic faith was very important to me, and I kind of frowned on things about Ed telling me about haunted houses because that just did not fit in. As far as I was brought up to believe, when you died, you either went to a purgatory state or you went to heaven, but mm. you were definitely with the oneness with God. Or you went someplace else. Yes, <laughs> but I didn't like to think about things like that. All right, she didn't like to think about things like that. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Ed and Lorraine Warren, one of the most popular and sought-after paranormal investigators of their time. I don't know how much they were sought after or how much they just showed up. Do you? Yeah, you know, they heard about something and they were like paparazzi. Yeah. Now, do you think, like, say if they were still alive today, do you think they would have their own TV show? Like Without a doubt. And all? Without yeah. a doubt. I mean, that that was something that they showed... That video was from a bunch of videos that they did that you can actually find on their YouTube channel that's now run by Tony Spira. Now, were those videos like public broadcast videos? Or I'm not sure what actually... he did with them because I know he okay. recorded them on VHS. He might have just uploaded it, but they weren't like on TV. I don't. They might have uh, been. I don't, I'm not sure. Gotcha. I couldn't really find it. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, and Lorraine Warren, this is a... Uh, You've heard of The Conjuring. You've seen a better representation of those two. And so on. So Edward Warren Miney. I guess Miney was his middle name. I don't know why it's back there. Was born September 7th, 1926. Died August 23rd, 2006. Oh, and you had Lorraine Rita Warren. January 31st, 1927. And she passed away April 18th, 2019. Well, she lived a long time. Yeah, they, man, they both had pretty good lifespans. Yeah. Were American paranormal investigators and authors associated with prominent cases of alleged hauntings. Edward was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, author, and lecturer. Lorraine professed to be clairvoyant and a light trance medium who worked closely with her husband. What I do know is there was a university that kind of tested clairvoyance. I, th I want to say it was UCLA, and she actually passed the test. So she's kind of accredited if you do that type of thing. Was it was Bill Murray the test taker or test holder in <laughs> Ghostbusters? Possibly. It's probably what it was. Who knows? Okay. Because back then, it really, I mean, like, back then, I mean, you think she probably got into, what, her 30s, so we'll say the 50s maybe. It was still relatively unknown, so it's like how, I mean... And heavily frowned upon, because you're different. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, every dude had the same hairstyle in 1955, and if it was changed, you were (laughs) blasphemous. I know, yes. Ed and Lorraine Warren were members of the Roman Catholic Church. They married in 1945. On January 11th, 1946, Lorraine gave birth to their daughter named Judy Warren. Hmm. She's little my mom. Oh. The Warrens held that demonic forces are held that demonic forces are likely to possess those who lack faith. Really, and, though? Sorry, cutting you off, right, but I mean, in some of the I mean movies that I've seen or whatever, a lot of people that get possessed are devout. You know, devout or in some kind of trouble. So maybe people yeah. think trouble is lacking faith. Like, if you're heavy in the gut, you're going to put the heroin needle down, I guess. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Ed died on August 23rd, 2006, and Lorraine died on April 18th, 2019. They were both buried at Stepney Cemetery in Monroe, Connecticut. So in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, NESPER, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. They authored many books about the paranormal and about their private investigations and the various reports of paranormal activity. They claim to have investigated well over 10,000 cases during their career. Do I have to bring the calculator out again? (laughs) That's like the Pope. The The Pope's uh, exorcist. All right, so let's see, guys. So they started in 1955, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll say... She died 2019 minus 1955. That's 64 years. So 10,000 cases in 64 years. So they did 156 cases a month or no, I'm sorry. 156 cases a year. They did one every other day (laughs) and wrote books during it. Yeah, really. But you could even do this, do it when he died. Maybe she stopped. That's even more. And that's probably when Tony Spirit took over. So, yeah, even yeah, more. So yeah. close to one a day. They did one a yeah. day. They traveled all over the country in a day. <laughs> even though they stayed at some of these places for six weeks, but they did one a day. Yeah. All right. So let's start a counter. Uh, bullshit Mark 1. <laughs> I'll start you it should, right you now. Get like a, you should get an emoji. I should. There. <laughs> bullshit counter. Yeah. All right. They authored many books about the paranormal and about their... Okay, we already did that. The Warrens were among the first investigators in the Amityville haunting. According to the Warrens, the official website of Nesper, Glam Magazine, and several other sources, the Nesper uses a variety of individuals, including medical doctors, researchers, police officers, nurses, college students, and members of clergy and its investigation. That's true. They started that. They wanted non-believers to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. And they always did that. And I think that was pretty cool. Yes. Instead of three idiots in a fucking dark room with green lights going, Oh, did you hear that? What was that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I believe in ghosts, but I don't believe these two. That's that's where I'm at. It's just... Right. There's too much... I have done way too much research on these two. And you're not going to hear all that because we're going to go through it by case by case. We already did that. Oh, Annabelle. So go are back go, to that. Are we going to go do all 10,000 cases? Or is it 10,000? Oh, 10,000. Yeah, we're going to do them all. <laughs> Stories of ghost hauntings popularized by the Warrens have been adapted or have indirectly inspired dozens of films. 
television series, and documentaries, including several films in the Amityville Horror Series and the films in the Conjuring universe. Ed and Lorraine Warren had nothing to do with the Amityville Horror movie. Nothing. I'm told that they did, but I can't find any more evidence. I read that they were drinking bottles of wine with uh, the dude who wrote the book. Uh, I read that too. Or, so, yeah, yeah. but I can't find proof. Believe, and then I've heard it was the Lutzes that were drinking bottles of wines, not the Warrens. Yeah, I've heard that more than once. Yeah. So, who? I'm gonna go half a tick on the bullshit meter. <laughs> so we're at one and a half for the bullshit meter. The Conjuring universe, yes, but also outside the Conjuring universe. Uh, what was the movie with the bodies? Oh, The Haunting in Connecticut. Really good movie. That was a good movie, yes. I like that one. Great actors. I mean, they had... Uh, it was Virginia Madsen. Yeah, from uh, Candyman. The original yeah. Candyman. She's yeah. awesome. I love her. The yeah. dad played yeah. a dick perfectly. The kid mm-hmm. was awesome. The the priest with cancer was an awesome mm-hmm. dude. That was I a great movie. I remember watching that documentary. Like, oh, God, was it like... It was like A and E did like a haunting, and yeah. they did that one. That documentary creeped me out. Yeah, it was a and, fucked up story. Yeah, especially the tales of how people in the thirties and forties were so into like psychic readings and yeah, rena- oh yeah. and uh, seances yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or even even before that, going like into the twenties, because it was um, who? Oh, I know Houdini's wife tried so many times to like contact him in the afterlife. And well, I that was who. that's because Houdini wanted her to. That yeah. was a pact they had before he died. Was yeah. when I die, I will do this. Look for this, and then she spent yeah. a long time looking. And there was someone that was totally against it. I God, who was it? Um, the guy who wrote Sherlock Holmes, or might have been Edison. Someone I have to look into it, but I remember. And like he was trying to expose these people holding the seances for what a fraud it yeah. is, and yeah, and most of them were. Most of them were rigged, like haunted mm-hmm. attractions. You mm-hmm. had the wire for the table to move. You had unbalanced boards to keep the table up, shit like that. I think the only true uh, seance person is Oda May. From ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and she was fake. <laughs> she was scared as hell when fucking uh Roadhouse walked in. I remember like, when she first got when she first got these powers and you know she was doing it legit, she gets taken over by the guy and he's like I forget the way he's saying she's like, But Reese, damn you got big. <laughs> Okay, go on. Uh, she was funny back in the day. I don't know what the fuck happened to her. All right, so not to get to political. Skeptics Perry DeAngelis and Stephen Novella investigated the Warren's evidence and described it as blarney. Skeptical investigators Joe Nickel and Benjamin Raffer concluded that the better-known hauntings, Amityville and the Snedeker family hauntings, did not happen and had been invented. They didn't really invent the Amityville. These motherfuckers ran. Okay, so the Lutzes... If it's rare, fake, invented it. Right. So we're going to dive shortly into their most notable ones because these will be future episodes. The Amityville being a three-parter. I have a lot to say. 
Rick really wants us to do that episode. He does, yeah. He's like, you get so passionate when it's brought up. I'm like, because it pisses me the fuck off. (laughs) Why can't we just go fire a gun? Anyway. (laughs) Coming back. All right, so notable. And Rick already commented. He's he's really looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be a three-parter. All right, so. Notable investigations from the Warrens. Everyone knows the story of Annabelle. I, I, I did some pictures this time, too. Where's Annabelle? There she is. Oh, nice. According to the Warrens, in the nice. year 1968, two roommates claimed the Raggedy Ann doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. The Warrens took the doll of telling the roommates it was being manipulated by an inhuman presence and put on display at the family's occult museum. The Legend of the Doll inspired several films in the Conjuring universe and is a motif in many others. Uh, we're not going to go heavy into that because uh, we, we already did that episode. So go back into our archives. I don't remember what episode it was, but this is episode 38. 38 straight. 38 oh, straight. We don't fucking <laughs> stop. Hey, no, stop. Yeah. All right. So next up is probably the one I believe the most. We're going to go to the Perrin family. In 1971, the Warrens claimed that the Harrisville, Rhode Island home of the Perrin family was haunted by a witch who had lived there in the early 19th century. According to the Warrens, Bathsheba Sherman cursed the land so that whoever lived there somehow died a terrible death. The story is the subject of the 2013 film Conjuring, The Conjuring. Lorraine Warren was a consultant to the production and appeared in a cameo role in the film. A reporter for U.S. Today covered the film's supposedly factual groundings. So we're not going to get into that now because that's going to be a whole episode. Because there's conflicting stories between the Perrin family, what they said, what they said, and what they said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, even today, it's a creepy fucking house, guys. Look at this. And you can do sleepovers there. You can do. You, like a, you don't even have Airbnb. to sleep over. You can actually do like hours and stuff now. I would sleep over. I would try to, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next up, I don't. Do I have any pictures for the Amityville? Uh, no, no, I don't. You don't. But what you? Why we're doing three time. episodes for it? I don't need pictures. Everybody <laughs> knows what the fucking house looks like. Yeah. All right, Amityville. The Warrens are best known for their involvement in the 1975 Amityville Horror. In which New York couple George and Kathy Lutz claimed that their house was haunted by a violent, demonic presence so intense that it eventually drove them out of their home. The Amityville Horror conspiracy authors Stephen and Roxanne Kaplan characterized the case as a hoax. Rain Warren told a reporter for the Express Times newspaper that the Amityville Horror was not a hoax. The reported haunting was the basis of the 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, and adapted into the 1979 and 2005 films of the same name while also serving as inspirations for the film series that followed. The Warren's version... What? 30 30 plus films. (laughs) The Warren's version of events is partially adapted and portrayed in the opening sequence of The Conjuring 2. According to Benjamin Radford, the story was refuted by eyewitnesses, investigations, and forensic evidence. In 1979, lawyer William Weber, my man fucking asshole <laughs> stated that he jay anson and the occupants invented the horror story over many bottles of wine so here's a question for you all right 
So when the Lutzes bought the house, and I know we're going to be talking about this, you know, three episodes, but the one thing I never talked to you about this, I don't think, you had, what, six tragic deaths in there. Six, yes. The, fur- the furniture was still in there. Yes. So you would, you think now that could have been, if the haunting was true. Sure. The spirits latched on to, I mean, they still had the freaking bed with the stain on it, I believe. Yep. They slept yeah. on that bed. <laughs> I, it's just would you okay say you bought that house would you let your kids sleep on that bed hell no there's the yeah. floor i mean <laughs> like i understand you're broke because you went over your head with this house trust me fucking been there they have i had amazon my kids beds were a hundred dollars <laughs> there's yard sales there's other ways around this there's put something on the fucking floor ew yeah, yeah. there was still bullet holes when they were in there yeah, yeah. Because it's not like the you... bank went in to clean up, and they cleaned up right. the blood, but they didn't fix anything. I want to know what happened to the um, the paintings of the family. You know, the I portraits. Know. They might have been sold that when they, apparently the, after the Lutz left, before the Cromartys moved in, they had like an estate sale. And okay. a lot of people bought a lot of shit. And then a couple of years, because people were buying remote controls and shit just because it was in the yeah. Amityville house. Yeah, like really, yeah. but uh, I'd be one of those people. Oh, dude, uh, like that. I want to know what happened to the those, high hope those, sign. Those painting portraits. I mean, can you imagine if they're still around? You're frozen. You suck. I could still hear you. Oh, there so you're you. breaking up. You're back. You're frozen. It's your no, internet. I'm right here, dude. I'm... With the high hope sign. Yeah, I want to know what happened to that. I want to get a replica made and put it on my front yard. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> but I want the real one, the one that was already yeah. jacked. Yeah, <laughs> but it makes all you right. think. Like, what happened to that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All right, so I half believe them for the Amityville stories because they weren't the only investigators Investig- in there. Right. There was other mediums who uh, other mediums that had bigger problems. A dude collapsed from a fucking almost heart attack who later died of a heart attack. Mm. It a lot of weird shit happened, and they have that picture. I don't have it here, but we'll bring it up for the Amityville of the kid peeking out the fucking door. But that, that's been just that's been already debunked. By who? Idiots? Because they're trying to say it's the cameraman. The cameraman's well, three feet the, tall. On the documentary that was on MGM, they showed right. They showed maybe yeah. Maybe he was on his knees. On his knees, he was wearing a different shirt. Well, they kind of watch it, it again. Up. It didn't match up. Oh, I can't. My, nothing my, uh, matched up. Oh, I deleted it too because there was nothing else on there. <laughs> but for real, I watched that. Thank you. I watched that part twice. Different shirt. What the fuck are they talking about? It was I mean, a different I shirt. Like to, I would like to believe it was like an entity. It was a fucking kid. Yeah. And a kid haircut. Yeah. Your cameraman wear rocks to the five year old. No, the the guy had different color hair. They're like, well, black and white. No, it's a different design. Black and white ch- color doesn't change the design. These are still fucking H's, whether I make them red or blue. Right. Or black or white. I don't know. That MGM, that part pissed me off. Because <laughs> I've that picture is still, to me, undisputed. Because right. nothing makes sense. And it looks just like the little fucking kid that was shot there. <laughs> So it looks more like the cameraman just because you don't want to believe? Fuck off. Right. right. Open mind, people. 
All right. So again, so Rick, there. I got fucking. <laughs> Can we get a rage meter too? We should, man. <laughs> oh, you do. It's when my face turns red. All right. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Next up, the Enfield Poltergeist. Mm. Which here's the Enfield family. And while I'll leave that up while I read. In 1977, the Warrens investigated claims that a family in the North London suburb of Enfield was haunted by poltergeist activity. While a number of independent observers dismissed the incident as a hoax carried out by attention-hungry children, the Warrens were convinced that it was a case of demonic possession. The story was obviously the inspiration for Conjuring 2, although critics said the Warrens were evolved to a far lesser degree than portrayed in the movie, which they were, and mm-hmm. in fact had shown up to the scene uninvited and had been refused admittance to the home. Yeah, the BBC, I think it was... Did a really like it came out like right around the time the movie came out, and I think it was like a either a two or a three parter, and it was really good. And I think they did mention the Warrens, but they had that much smidgen of it because that's all they were a part of. Mm-hmm. So again, that this is a Warren file when you weren't even mm-hmm. fucking asked to come. Let's tack that back on the bullshit. Means we're up to three bullshits. <laughs> but the Enfield possession to me. Is probably hoaxed. Every photo I've seen from it is a joke. The only mm-hmm. thing that's got me is there were other witnesses to this because this was actually one of the most witnessed possessions. Uh. But family down on their luck, looking for some attention, looking for their payday, can rig some shit. So it's mm-hmm. hard to tell. All right. Guy Lyon Playfair, a parapsychologist who investigated the NFL case along Maurice Gross, also says the film greatly exaggerated the Warrens' role in the investigation. He stated in 2016 that they turned up once and that Ed Warren told Playfair the Warrens could make a lot of money out of this case. He corroborated the claim that the Warrens were not invited to the Enfield house and that nobody in the family had ever heard of him until Ed Warren turned up. Which I don't, it, there's no internet. I don't, right. there's no way they know who they are. Yeah. But it made for a book for them. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Bullshit meter number four. Uh, is it? I can't see it. The bullshit meter. No, it's not in there. We I can't do a bullshit meter. Oh, I thought you could. Oh. I, I have to set that up like four hours prior uh, and put it on. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not a magician, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> All right, ready? Bullshit yep. meter. There you go. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Arnie Johnson. Trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. The Devil in Connecticut by... Gerard Brittle was republished as a movie tie-in for the reason of The Conjuring, The Devil, The Devil, The Devil mm-hmm. Made Me Do It is based on the Warren's real-life Connecticut case. In 1981, Arnie Johnson was accused of killing his landlord, Alan Bono. And Lorraine Warren had been called prior to the killing to deal with the alleged demonic possession of the younger brother of Johnson's fiance. The Warrens subsequently claimed that Johnson was also possessed. At trial, Johnson attempted to plead not guilty by reason of demonic possession, but obviously was unsuccessful with this plea. This story serves as inspiration for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. The case was described in a 1983 book, The Devil in Connecticut. 
So Arnie Johnson was not able to say he was possessed. And I don't know the full real story of that yet. We'll have to dive mm-hmm. into that. The The movie story was kind of cool. How the witch put a relic under the house and cursed them. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I That of, movie was of, great until like the cliff diving scene. I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. Well, you know, that was the first movie not directed by, was it James Wan? James I Wan, think? yeah. And I could tell there, I could immediately tell the difference because he has a style of directing. That's why I love the first two. Oh, that's I mean, why I, I, if they redo Nightmare, I want the choreographer from The Conjuring one. It's the creepiest looking fucking movie I've seen in a long time. And that's what's needed. Yeah. yeah. Just the dark, the corn, the, like it was just different. Same thing with Insidious. That, and that was James Wan too. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up, ah, the Snedeker family. All right, there's the Snedeker family. And here's the Snedeker house. In 1986, Ed and Lorraine Warren arrived and proclaimed the Snedeker house, a former funeral home, to be infested with demons. The case was featured in the 1993 book, In a Dark Place, The Story of a True Haunting. A TV film that later became part of a Discovery Channel series, A Haunting, was produced in 2002. The Haunting in Connecticut, a film based on the Warrens' version of events and directed by Peter Cornwell, was released in 2009. Great movie. Check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, let me take the house Oh, it's off. 2009? I thought it was a little older uh, than so that. So did I. Mm-hmm. Our author, Ray Garten, who wrote an account of the alleged hauntings of the Seneca family in Southington, Connecticut, later called into question the veracity of the accounts contained in the book, saying, The family involved, which was going through some serious problems like alcoholism and drug addiction, could not keep their story straight, and I became very frustrated. It's hard writing a nonfiction book when all the people involved are telling you different stories. The paranormal investigator, Benjamin Radford, Garton said of Lorraine, if she told me the sun would come up tomorrow morning, I'd get a second opinion. Damn! <laughs> burn! That is a major burn, yeah. Burn! Okay, now my absolute favorite. Let me introduce you guys to the Smurl family. See these two people here? They were raped in their butt by a ghost. Oh, why does that name sound familiar, but I can't think of the, uh, the case? Alright, so... Pennsylvania residents Jack and Janet Smurl reported their home was disturbed by numerous supernatural phenomena, including sounds, smells, and apparitions. The Warrens became involved and claimed that the Smurl home was occupied by four spirits and also a demon that allegedly sexually assaulted Jack and Janet. The Smurls' version of their story was the subject of a 1986 paperback titled The Haunted and television film of the same name directed by Robert Mandel. You can find that... Free Did you say on, who was in that movie? Nobody really was that I can remember. But because it, I remember Patty Duke being in a TV movie and did does this take place outside of Philly, do you know? Uh yeah. I think like, like Allen County. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. because if it's the same movie I'm thinking of, it had Patty Duke, and I remember watching that, but on TV I don't remember. Was it the rape. black it wasn't on the TV. The only time you heard about the anal rape was on Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll have it for our show about them if I can find it again. But okay. oh my god, it was. And then Ed said they're arguing with what everyone. I don't know about you, 
But if I know I'm right about something, I'm not arguing with people. I just don't care. Like, right. I know I'm right, whatever. Right. He fighting with everyone. Like, dude, we get it. There's ghosts. Calm the fuck down. Like, right, so right. that to me was bullshit number five. <laughs> uh, held the message for reasons, sex based terms. Allow, we'll post it to chat. Uh, <laughs> I gotta deny it? you, Paulton. Rick wrote butt rape. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it come I up. I can't have that okay. on there. Oh my god! But yeah, the Smurl's a wild story. Um, yeah, I also think if it's the same one I'm thinking of, I think it was also featured on Unsolved Mysteries as well. Might so, have been the movie. Yeah. The TV movie had a black, like fog that danced around the screen. That was the. Let demon. me look it up. What's the name of the movie? The Haunted. The Haunted. I'm gonna look that up. It's right free on right. YouTube. Okay. All right, so moving on. Union Cemetery. Let's bring that up here. There's Union Cemetery. Area closed from sunset to sunrise. Ed Warren's book, Graveyard, True Hauntings from an Old New England Cemetery, features a white lady ghost which haunts Union Cemetery. He claimed to have captured her essence on film. I don't know what the fuck capturing an essence on film means. But wouldn't we have the tape? Right. But then again, well, essence would mean like the the app or you know what what uh, the form or yeah we need we need Zach Baggins he'll help us no we don't <laughs> no we don't all right so here's the Warrens at a cemetery they're thinking that that lady oh, I seen this photo yeah is uh the white woman who knows. I don't know. But like I said, we would see that video everywhere like we saw the Amityville ghost video photo. Alright, moving on. Other activities. The Warrens responsible for training several self-described demonologists including Dave Considine and their nephew, John Zaffis. Oh, real, real quick. Patty Duke was in a haunted movie. But it was Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes. Oh, that but one. But the movie The Haunted, the main actress was Hot Lips from Mesh. She yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Ed Warren Affair Accusation. In 2017, Judith Penny claimed she had a 40-year-old long sexual relationship with Ed, starting when she was underage in 1963. So that's bullshit number six, because you're a fucking pedo. <laughs> 40 years to have a side piece. Wow. That's a lot of hiding. Fuck that. Yeah. I ain't no one got time for side pieces. <laughs> According to a 1997 interview with the Connecticut Post, Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis investigated the warrants for the New England Skeptical Society. They found the couple to be pleasant people, but their claims of demons and ghosts to be, at best, as tellers of meaningless ghost stories, and at worst, dangerous frauds. They took the $13 tour and looked at all the evidence the Warrens had for spirits and ghosts. They charged them $13 to look in their fucking shed. They watched their videos and looked at the best evidence the Warrens had. Their conclusion was, it's all blarney. They found common errors with flash photography and nothing evil in the artifacts the Warrens had collected. They have a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. They're not doing good scientific investigation. They have a predetermined conclusion which they adhere to literally and religiously, according to Novella. 
But Rain Warren said that the problem with Perry and Steve is they don't base anything on God. Novella responded, it takes work to do solid critical thinking, to actually employ your intellectual facilities and come to a conclusion that actually reflects reality. That's what scientists do every day, and that's what skeptics advocate. In an article for the Sydney Morning Herald that examined whether supernatural films are really based on true events, that investigation was used as evidence to the contrary. As Novella is quoted, the Warrens claim to have scientific evidence which does indeed prove the existence of ghosts, which sounds like a testable claim into which we could sink our investigative teeth. What we found was a very nice couple, some genuinely sincere people, but absolutely no compelling evidence. While it was made clear that neither DeAngelis nor Novella thought the Warrens would intentionally cause harm to anyone, they did caution that claims like the Warrens served to reinforce delusions and confuse the public about legitimate scientific methodology. So, I mean, like, they're not wrong. And if, like, the Warrens helped anyone, cool. Like, because when you're going through that shit, who, who are you going to call? Okay. You have a choice of three people to call uh, for your demonic possession. You have the Warrens, you have Zach Baggins, and then you have Jason Halls from Ghost Hunters. Who are you going to call? I'm calling the Ghostbusters. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's, you know, what's, your, what's your opinion on Ghost Hunters, like Jason I, Halls? I don't Max. know the other guy. I haven't watched really? any of his stuff, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, he was the one that started this whole trend of ghost shows. Yeah, Taps, the one that yeah. they were out of Philly or something, right? No, Rhode, like Rhode Island. Oh, area. okay. Yeah. Okay. The Occult Museum. In addition to investigations, Lorraine ran the Warren's Occult Museum, now closed, in the back of her house in Monroe, Connecticut, with the help of her son-in-law, Tony Spira. The museum displayed many claimed haunted objects and artifacts from around the world. Many of the artifacts from their infamous, most famous investigations were featured. The museum is currently owned by Judy Warren and Tony Spera. So Tony Spera, because Judy Warren doesn't want anything to do with anything. No. Media appearances. Lorraine was featured in several episodes of the Discovery series A Haunting in which she discusses some of the cases the pair worked on as paranormal investigators. Lorraine also appeared on Paranormal State, where she acted as a guest investigator. And but, even, wasn't that debunked as a fraud show? Yeah. Uh -huh. I think, yeah. yeah. Both Ed and Lorraine have appeared on Scariest Places on Earth. Lorraine has a cameo appearance in the 2013 film The Conjuring, where she is also credited as a consultant. Lorraine appears in the 2012 documentary film My Amityville Horror, where she reunites with Daniel Lutz, whose family was allegedly plagued by supernatural happenings in 1975. Ed and Lorraine Warren originally visited the house after the Lutz family fled the house after 28 days of occupancy. <sighs> Guys, I don't know. We'd like to believe it because it makes for a good Hollywood film, but the truth isn't as fun as fiction. The truth is their evidence is weak. Yeah. It's always been weak. And that it's what my problem with it is they made a living off this shit. A good living. I mean, it ain't yeah. fucking cheap to live in Connecticut. They didn't work. They wrote these books about shit that they weren't even a part of. I got to go back for our main episode of 
the uh, Enfield and see if they wrote a book about it. Because if they were just shunned away, how'd you write a book? Right, right. So I got to look into that. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of historic cases, a lot of cases that made movies. Um, check out the Snedeker family, not the Snedeker, I'm sorry, the Smurl family yeah. on YouTube. You can find the Sally Jesse Raphael interview. I'm going to look for that tonight. Fucking <laughs> shit show. <laughs> but what was well, weird about that was they had the family that moved in after on the show yelling that nothing has happened and they're making it up. Why do you care? Why do you give two shits? It's the Smurl house. Nobody knows where the fuck it is. It's not the Amityville house. No one's fucking up your privacy. Why are you on TV arguing? Like, why? It makes no well, sense. Well, like, maybe... I can see the Cromarties being pissed off because everyone's driving by your fucking house over this lie. I can imagine, right. like, the Amityville people. Well, maybe they don't want to have an Amityville type thing. Because they think, oh, it's made for TV movie. Nobody and, knows about know. that shit, though. Yeah. I mean, it'll never be what Amityville is. But yeah. like, why? Why are they on there? They didn't even still live in the house. Like, uh, why are yeah. you here? It was a, it was a weird episode. I watched that when I did all this on the haunts, and we had to revisit it because that shit was funny as hell. I remember I was cutting onions at the kitchen table, and that family started fighting with the other family. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Oh man! All right, so yeah, we have uh, we're gonna dive into some of these cases pretty extensively. We already did that. We already did Annabelle. Go back, 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 back. It was one of our first back episodes. To the beginning, I think. yeah, yeah. Yep. Make sure oh, you. And j- I was gonna say thank you for listening to Spotify because we're now legit, right? Well, we're waiting for our ad to come through, but yeah, we are a legit podcast apparently. We reached over 900 listens, which is pretty good. Uh, the Friday the 13th filming location is still going strong. We're going to hit yeah, 1.5 right. tomorrow. I think we'll be at, I'm going to say we're going to be at 2K by, well, no, I'm going to say 2.5K by a week from now. Wow, that's. You don't think? I don't know. That's a week <laughs> All right, from now. A week and a half from now. <laughs> All right, so we'll say 10 days. 10 days, yeah. 6, 11, 23. I'll write it down. But yeah, that, I mean, every day we're getting more views on that, which is awesome. That was our first video, a test run. You know, the future ones will be better. We learn from our first one. Um, but, you know, one of the watchers said, hey, I learned a few new addresses yeah. uh, from watching your video. But it's really cool with the Spotify because now we can – like uh, do advertisements for companies and who knows, maybe we'll get manscape or something like that. Talk about ball trimmers. No, or... maybe now the first <laughs> one's that stupid, that anchor at him or hi, my name's Jerry from Halloween uh, Haunt 3. Yeah, so yeah, let yeah, me yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. anchor. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be one of those, but Hey, I'm all, I'm ready for the dick pills and the manscape. Let's do it. Yeah, and the, and the, and the nut bomb, you know, the nut bomb. Cool. Yeah. The blue chew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's do it. But uh guys, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. That's growing pretty good. Brian will be down in the holy land of Blairstown, New Jersey on Saturday. Yeah, if you're watching this, make sure you say hi. Rick Paulton says we're pretty ambitious with that number, but with the reunion we should see a up spike. We might. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think um I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, it'd be a good idea. Hey, here's my card or our card. 
go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. First video I want you to watch is the Friday the 13th one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right there. We, we did a hell of an episode. We have uh, other, we're just working on dates, guys. That's all we're working on now. Which uh, could be happening fairly soon for the next one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're working on dates. It's a lot of legwork on this one. <laughs> yeah. But we can get two birds at one stone and you'll see what we're mm-hmm. talking about with the other bird. But yeah. guys, make sure you like, subscribe. Thank you guys so much for checking everything out. Rick, thanks for stopping by the chat. We have 16 followers on Twitch. The same we had for months, but that doesn't matter. We just yeah, throw whatever. it up there for whatever. Yeah, Guys, stay stay tuned. That's all I can tell you is we got a lot of shit. Look at all these stories we got to cover now. Yeah, and, and also since Rich Rick is on here, we can't say... Don't forget to listen to his show, The Whole Damn Enchilada. The Whole Damn Enchilada. I'm hooked. I need more yeah. episodes out of Rick, so we need two a week, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do two a week. I'm not expecting that. I just drive a lot, so I run out of podcasts really, really, really fast. You guys are a fan of The Office. The Office Lady Podcast is a fucking awesome podcast that goes deep into all the past episodes of The Office. But I know that's not horror related, but goddamn, they go deep. Like you hear from backstories from everyone. Insane, good shit. Sopranos has one too. I listened to every episode when that came out, so I'm done that. They stopped after they finished. <laughs> but it was, uh, the Sopranos was good too. They went deep. Yeah, that's what I've been right. listening to, other than the whole damn enchilada and uh, New Heights with uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey. Those, those are my stops right now. That's what I listens to. I'm sure she dies laughing because I fucking lose <laughs> it all the time. Jason Kelsey's an idiot. I love it. Yeah, man. All right, guys. This has been the Hard Shed Podcast, episode 38. We'll see you next Monday. Halloween Hunts 365 Productions.